Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of I Won't Stop Until I Win. I am your host, Jose Flores, and each week I'll be sharing inspiring stories of people who push through the pain, who overcome adversity, and who keep on running their race to become the winners they are today. So thank you for spending some time with me, and let's jump right into the show. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thanks again for hanging out with me. Listen, you already know, before I start every single episode, I always like to take a few moments to give God some thanks because I believe that without him, none of this would be possible. So I just pray that somebody that's out there listening is inspired, encouraged, and motivated to not only learn more and do more, but to become more. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Listen, family, you, know, you already know that every time I bring on a guest to the show, they, 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 they bring nothing but the fire, top-notch, top-quality individuals that are doing amazing things, not only in this country, but across the world. And today I have a very, very special guest, none other than my friend, my brother, Saul White Jr., who's also a Harlem Globetrotter and an American Ninja Warrior. Saul, my brother, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. And it's just just an honor to be on your podcast and just be able to talk to you again. Man, it's an honor to have you, man. I know we just met, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, but man, the vibes were there. The energy was there. Uh, the, the, the connection was there. And uh, definitely. Yeah, man, for sure, brother. And, you know, you know, when you meet some good people, you know how you know how that that, that the vibes you can feel them immediately, you know? Yeah, and I definitely felt that. I think the feeling was mutual. And uh, man, I'm just happy to have you on the show, and we could just talk about all the cool things you're doing, man. I'm excited. I I I, I, I can feel how how Rock. You know, I'm a wrestling fan. How Rock said he feels the electricity and the goosebumps on his arms and everything. That's what I got right now. I got the goosebumps and electricity going through my body. I'm just ready. I'm excited, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen. Let's 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 go. Let's just go back a little bit. You know, because I always like to talk about. You know, people always see, like, they'll see you and be like, oh, Harlem Globetrotter, oh, American Ninja Warrior, oh, TV, oh, Travel the World, oh, this, oh, that. But they don't know how you had to fight, you know, through blood, sweat, and tears to get to where you are, man. And so just, just tell everybody a little bit about, let's not go way, way back, but let's go a little far yeah. back. So just talk about some of the struggles, man, because I think that that's important because a lot of people that listen to my show, you know, it's called I Won't Stop Until I Win. And it's basically for those people, whether they're entrepreneurs or whatever, you know, or whatever level or part they are in their journey of life. Um, and they may feel stuck. They may feel overwhelmed. They may feel frustrated. You know, I always like bringing people on who have a great story of winning and overcoming adversity. And I know that you have some amazing stories as well. So just, just bring us back a little bit to the young, to the young flip. <laughs> yeah, just to, just to give a little little peek at my inside of my life. So, born and raised in the uh, outskirts of Chicago in a, in a little town called Summit Argo, Illinois, a little small town. So, a peak I like to tell people a peak. I was I was born at the wrong time, and what I mean by being born at the wrong time, my mother had my oldest brother at the age of fourteen or fifteen, and my father met my mom at the age of fourteen or fifteen when she was pregnant with my older brother. So. You see, we, we, we see right there, my mom didn't get a chance to have that childhood. So a few years later, my father and my mother had another, had another child. Well, not another child. I had the first child together, my older brother, Whitney. And then they had me at 26, 20. My mom was like 26, 27. My father was like 25, 26. So when I came, it's like, okay, my parents are like, they didn't get a chance to have no childhood. They didn't get a chance to have no fun. So when I came to the picture, it was like, okay. 
we 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 gonna we gonna take care of them. But okay, now it's time for us to have some fun because uh, we've been taking care of kids and all that stuff this whole time. So now it's time to have some fun. So I say at that time I didn't get that that uh that attention and that that major love from a mom or that major love from my father because my dad was too busy trying to run away from my mom because my mom was a handful. I love you, mama, but. <laughs> at that time my mom was a handful <laughs> and I can understand that now that I'm older and seeing all the stuff now and understand the situations and all that time but at that time being a kid I say I was born at the at the wrong time but I had my grandparents my gamma and my my grandpa that's what we call them gamma and grandpa I was major over there at their house the whole time so the, the church and everything that the, the religious background that came from my grandma my gamma and also my father's mother so that's where that that force came from that's where that drive came from because they is still that there's still the word of god inside of me so i was raised in the church raised in the church and also on the street because as a kid when you ain't when you're not getting that love that you want at home where else you gonna seek to go you're gonna go outside you're gonna you're gonna get into trouble you're gonna run into your friends you're gonna you're gonna run into some people on the out on the outskirts luckily Luckily, the people that I had in the neighborhood that did, that was on the corner, did the drugs and stuff, they understand, they understood who I was and they knew exactly who I was and knew my talent. Instead of them telling me, all right, come join, come join us, come hang out with us, they told me, no, this life is not for you. Even if, uh, even though I wanted to jump in that life and wanted to get in the gang life and drug life, all that stuff, I had older people to tell me, even my older brothers tell me, no, this, this is not the life for you. You got so much going on for you and everything like that. So that's what that's gave me that drive. That's a blessing right there because right you don't find that too much. They, the street no. is always willing to welcome you quick, you know, and for the yeah. fact that you have those same street dudes telling you, nah, man, you know, you got some talent, you got to go and chase your dreams, go make some, go go get exactly. out the hood, so to speak. That's awesome, exactly. man, that's awesome. So, yeah. so, so your parents, you know, you didn't get the, the, the love that you would have wanted to get or expected to get as a kid because they had kids as kids. But mm -hmm. your grandparents, you know, instilled that, that, that um, you know, the morals and the principles and, exactly. and introduced to the, you know, to, 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 to Christ. And so with having that, how did that catapult you into, like, did you, knew, did you know yourself that you had that talent of playing basketball and wanting to, you know, get big? And, and did you believe that for yourself? Or was it more so other people seeing it in you and believing in you and telling you like, hey, listen, you got something nice, you know, you got a gift and a talent, go, go, go maximize that. It was, I say it was a mixture. My father played basketball. He put the basketball in my hand at the age of four. So my father uh, went to Proviso. He played with Doc Rivers and against Isaiah Thomas. So my dad was the man in Chicago playing basketball, but he didn't have he didn't have that person. My grandfather been in prison my entire life, and my my dad's life he's serving serving life. So my dad didn't have that mentor to guide him to, uh, to prevent him from the mistakes that he was supposed that he that he made and the things that he was supposed to do. My dad was supposed to be in the NBA. I heard plenty of plenty of stories. They like ghost stories to me. I call them ghost stories because I've never got the chance to see my dad actually play basketball. Mm. I just heard the story. So that's what I, that basketball, hearing them stories about my father, what he did and how he played. I'm like, okay, I want to follow in my father's footsteps. I want to play basketball. I want to do it. I want to be there. So that's where that drive come from, hearing all the stories and knowing that I had people you know, me in, in my corner that believed in me, that saw something in me that I didn't see it myself. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. 
how was it in your in your journey to becoming an actual Harlem Globetrotter? Because that's a that's a big thing, man. I remember when I was coming up, man. We we I love the Harlem Globetrotters. I'm from New York, so you know we we you know we just we I love them. You know what I mean? And I watched them. Uh, not only the Harlem Globetrotters, but the and one uh, basketball players. Yeah. Um, a lot of the street ball players. Uh, like Skip Tamalu and some of these other yeah. dudes that, that that are real fancy with it. And so how was that journey for you to get to the, you know, becoming a Harlem Globetrotter? Well, and, and I, I got a scholarship in college. I did my time, but it was a little difficult in college doing the basketball and everything. I should have went to a dorm, but I had to go to college and go back home and deal with all the situations that I had to deal with at home and trying to maintain school and do everything. So in my college, once my college was finished and I was working, working jobs, working, driving a forklift, working at a nursing home. My, I call him, I call him my big brother. He played, he played basketball with my older brother. He got drafted. His name is Kyle Hill. He got drafted to the NBA by the Rockets. And then he got sent over overseas. So he knew, he, he always checked on me. He knew my talent. So he knew I wanted to go to another school, so I was supposed to go to Robert Morris. So he came back from overseas when he was finished. He was like, "All right, I'm gonna help you get. I'm gonna help you try to get in school." At that time, I'm 25, so I'm like, "All right, let's." I don't have that much time now, so I'm like, "All right, let's go over to talk to Robert Morris." So I went to talk to Robert Morris. They knew who I was, and but my grades at that time wasn't wasn't up to par, so I had to sit out a whole year. I'm 25 at this time. I'm like, I gotta sit down a whole year. I'm gonna be 26. So I'm like, he's like, you know what? Have you ever thought about playing for the home goal trials? I was like, no. I was like, I used to go see him when I was a kid. My grandparents took me, but I never knew how to become a goal trial. He was like, all right, I'm gonna get you in contact with somebody. His name is his name is Jimmy Miles, and at that time he played for the Washington Generals, the team that we played against. So Jimmy Miles came, we went to the park and we just had an open run. He was throwing me oops and we just just playing basketball, just getting into it, and he, he he liked my game. He was like, you know what? Make a video on YouTube, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get a link to uh Al Carter. He was the player. He, he got all the uh, players and player personnel with the Globetrotters. So he gave the video to uh the link, the YouTube video to Al Carter and the Globetrotters. They they later on they called me like, yeah, we like we like what we see, and we want to fly you out to trials to Pennsylvania, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. And actually it was, uh, what was it, Philadelphia. It was in Philadelphia. We had tryouts and I did my thing. I I, I was one, I tell people, let's show me the door. All you have to do is get me to the, I don't want no handouts. I don't want anything like that. Let's show me that door. And all the things I've been through in my life, I have that fire, that drive. I'm going to kick down that door and I'm going to make it happen. So they showed me that door and I kicked down the door and I've been with the Glow Trials for 10 years. Wow, that's amazing, man. That is amazing. So did you ever think that, you know, when you was younger, growing up in the outskirts of Chicago, that you'd be traveling the world, man, as a Harlem Globetrotter? No. <laughs> as a kid, I drew, you know, as a kid, your dream is to play professionally. You know, you want to, you want to, in your back of your head, you're like, yeah, I want to go to the NBA, or I want to go to the NFL, or I want to be this rapper, or whatnot. But in the back of your head, everybody, you working so hard on your dreams and working so hard on your goals, but in the back of your head, you thinking it might not happen until it just like, boom, it happened. And now it's like so surreal. I come from a small town in, our, in, in Chicago and I've been to all 50 states, 65 plus different countries and entertained the world. And it's like, wow, coming from where I come from, my background is like, wow. Like, 
really did it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you. You've been rubbing shoulders with presidents and <laughs> high-level individuals, man. That's that's amazing, man. What was your mindset like? Because I know, like, you know, growing growing up in a city like Chicago, right in the outskirts, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of street street dudes. Like you said, you wanted to, mm -hmm. you were almost about to get involved with them. How, how were you able to shift your mindset from that type of mentality to now a more professional mentality, you know, with, with an organization, like a professional high level organization that's traveling the world. How was that mindset shift for you? It was a, honestly, it was a huge, it was a huge mindset shift because like I said, I was coming off the street. I was working at a nursing home, working, uh, driving a forklift. So my, my mentality was, was a little gritty. I'm from Chicago. So I, the, the smiling and, and uh, the friendliness is is I'm I'm my 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 defense level is always on on high. So when somebody coming to me and I don't know that person or I don't know who you are, I'm gonna get a little defensive. I'm a I'm a I'm a close up. Or it was a huge a huge change when I was in um uh, training. It was training camp and I was playing basketball. I wasn't no I wasn't smiling when I played basketball. Like basketball, I don't smile or I'm not when I when I'm playing, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to kill you. Back in the day, I'm trying to do work. I'm trying to put you in a basket. Ain't no smiling or or, or none of that. What changed my mindset? I kid you not, it changed. I had to snap instantly because of what changed my mindset. My C my COO at that time, he came to me. He was like, I know you from Chicago, and I know um, the little snarl and the straight face and all that. I knew you had to be like that. Grow, you know what I mean? In Chicago and growing up, he was like, but if you want to be a part of this organization and stay on this team, you're going to have to smile and loosen and loosen up. And when he told me that, that was like, oh, okay, this is coming from the CEO. So it's like, oh, I like, man, I got to, I got to change. Uh, so I, oh, I'm going to go back home working at a nurse home and driving a forklift. So I was like, I made, I kid you not, I made that change right there and then to loosen up because this is what I want to do. And I, I can't go home because I'm, I'm worried about my mindset and what I went through and, and growing up and all that stuff. So I had to make that decision right there and then like, I want this money. Because you didn't want to <laughs> smile, huh? Yeah, cause I, but it was hard for me at the time because when I, like I say, when I'm hooping, I'm not, I, what am I smiling for? And I'm playing basketball, it's just, it's serious to me, but I had to understand the professionalism and understanding your smile because the crowd don't want to see me frowning. You know what I mean? I don't want to see that. You want you gotta have fun. It's amazing what a what, what a smile can do for people, huh? Definitely, definitely. It change uh, change a whole person's day. You see, if they see you smile. I know, and and, and the Harlem Globetrotters is known for like entertainment, having fun, smiling, yep. laughing, joking around. So exactly, I, know, I can definitely see how that was a definite, you know, immediate mindset shift. Like, hey, you want to stay here? You need to, you need to look like you're having fun. You need to <laughs> smile, right? That's what the people pay for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now let me, now let me ask you this. So I'm I'm assuming that you know because you know you did the, you've been with the Harlem Globetrotters for ten years, and um that opened the door for you to get to another major platform, which was the American Ninja Warrior. And I know when I spoke to you last time, you were talking about that. Like, like if I wasn't in a wheelchair, I would definitely be one of them dudes training and signing up and, and trying to kill those courses. So how was that experience for you? Oh, man. American Ninja Warrior is one of my favorite shows. And I've always wanted to be a part of it and, and just, just feel that atmosphere. What made me, what made me, want to get on even more one of my teammates bull bullard 
he was on the he was on the show and he killed it. Course went straight through the first course and the second course and went down to Las Vegas. He lost in Las Vegas, but he made it straight all the way through Las Vegas. He ran through it like it was nothing. Like it was just it was easy for him. So I'm like, oh, seeing him on, I'm saying, you know what? I could do this too. I was like, let's see what my teammate do. I'm like, yeah, I want to I want to get a part of that. Now that I know, you know what I mean, I can get a part of it. And the crazy part about it, I got a part of the show because my teammate Bull got hurt. He messed his foot up. Uh, training on the tra- on the track, mess it up on uh coming off the track, the track and field. So him getting hurt opened the door for me to to uh get on making the warrior and try it out myself. I was on it three times, and it was just an unbelievable feeling because I I didn't know that they they train for they train all year round for this. They don't now you're not coming on just I right, just doing it. And just off athleticism alone, and some people are special to do it. Some people, but this this is real. American Ninja Warrior is a real deal. You legit have to train all year round. These people don't play. They they left their jobs to do this. <laughs> Literally left their jobs to train all year round just to do this. And me, I was just coming. I'm coming. I'm catching dunks and shooting. You know, and, and shooting. I don't got no training. Just my athleticism and my background. Just to be a part of that. Getting on that. Them courses, them was some pretty tough courses getting on there. If I had the opportunity to like fully train and do all that stuff, I definitely will. I definitely will tear that course up. But it was just beautiful just for me to get on it from just off athleticism alone and who I play for. That experience, right? It was amazing. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. What's one I and I wanted to ask you this before we moved on, but what was what was one of the like one of your most memorable experiences uh traveling with the Harlem Globetrotters. And I know you're still a part of them and they're on hold right now because of the pandemic, but what was one of your most memorable experiences or what, what's one short story you can share that, that was just mind-blowing? Uh, my member, to be honest, my, my most, I'll say, united, I'm, I'm, gonna keep, I'm gonna do it in the States and then I'm gonna say overseas, just being able to perform in front of my parents, my mother, being able to bring her courtside, her and my granny courtside at the United Center where the Chicago Bulls play, for them to sit on courtside and see me do what I do. She, they, they, that was, that was an amazing feeling to have my mother and my granny, my, my, my two ladies there, the ones I care so much about in this, in this world, just having them right there, just seeing me just perform, going to the Staples Center, having my father there when, in, in LA, he come to see my see me play, seeing what I what I do, and had, seeing him how proud he was of me coming coming to the uh, coming to the after end, coming to the autograph session, and I bring him close by me. Just seeing we're not emotional people, but we can we, I can see he'll get out before he his emotion come. He'll give yeah, a hug yeah. and everything, but I can I can see the emotion in his eyes. Yeah, for performing in front of my kids. Like just to have them, my kids and my wife, my mother-in-law, just performing in front. I I'm for all with all the station performing in front of every family member that I have that was able to see that was close by me. Now going overseas, being able to see my cousin and his family in Tokyo. My cousin was in the army. He stayed instead of coming back home, he stayed in Japan and he got married and had kids. Like to be able to be in Tokyo, Japan, Okinawa. Well, actually, it's Okinawa. After being out there on a military base, and I haven't seen him in so many years, and it's like, yo, seeing my cousin, like, and then seeing seeing my other cousin, 
like that was a beautiful feeling us being out there and seeing seeing my family. Those are my most memorable moments. Just being able to play in front of my family, and it's always just anywhere I go. It don't matter where I go, small town, big town, wherever I go, small country, big country. Just when the lights go off and they play our music and we run out and you see all the smiles on the kids' faces, that that's right there. That's that just that gives me those goosebumps. That that <laughs> that gives me pumped. That gives me so hype just to see the fans and they screaming and all that stuff. The kids just seeing the smiles on the kids' faces. That that gives me my energy and I'm ready to go. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now, I read that, you know, one of the things that you like doing, you know, when you're not traveling is spending all your time with your family um, because you're, you're, you're apart from them a lot because of your travel. So when you mm -hmm. do have some downtime, you like being around them. So to be able to, you know, not only be with them, but bring them with you when you're here in the States yeah. and see them perform and have them see you perform and do your thing, that must be one of the most incredible feelings in the world. Oh, it's on a, it's on another level. It's it's just having them. Even my my kids and my wife saw me um, when I went to in OKC for American Ninja Warrior. Having them, they was on the, they had their little spot on TV and everything. Just to have them right there on the side cheer me on. Just it's it's unbelievable. If I can't. It's no words can describe the the feeling that I get having my kids see what I do and understand and just creating that blueprint for them in the future. It's just it's just wonderful. They must be. They must be looking up to you like, man, that's my dad right there. That's my dad. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, yeah. it, man. I, I freaking love it. Man. That's awesome. Now, I also saw that I also uh, read that one of the things that that you would love to try someday is skydiving. Have you done yeah. that yet? Actually, I did. Oh, I, went, yeah. I did. I did skydiving. I was I was able to to go skydiving. So able to feel that adrenaline adrenaline rush. I'll, I'm a adrenaline junkie, so I want to do something. But once I did the skydive and I did it multiple times, once I did it multiple times, all my adrenaline, it just it went away. I was like, all right, it's on E now. <laughs> I, did, I, I, I did it. I don't want to do it no more. So when I got that, I got to experience it. So it was good. That's awesome. And I, this, this is going to lead into, this is going to lead into one of my, uh, my next question, because I know that you have a heart for children. You just mentioned that one, one of the things that you love is when you're performing and you see, you know, all, all the, um, you know, all the smiles on the kids faces when, when you guys are coming out and just they, they, their smiles probably just light up the whole arena, you know, now the way I met you was because you know, obviously my listeners know that I have, that I had a school put under my name, the Jose Flores uh, Academy of Inspiration uh, down here in, in Florida, Oakland Park, Florida. And, and uh, we did an interview a couple weeks ago with our boy, Daniel Pewter, who's the uh, founder and CEO of that, of that organization, uh, My Life, My Power Preparatory Academy. And when I met him, man, and, and just the vibes that we got from him and him asking me if I wanted to have my name put on a school because he's seen the work that I've been doing as well in the community and across the world. That was just an honor for me, man. So when I went there a couple of weeks ago to do the radio interview with him and you, and I saw you then got to meet you and saw that you were uh, now a part of the team, the MLMPI team as the director of uh, community partners. I was just like, Oh man, that's dope to have this dude as part of the team now, because I just felt like, you know, Daniel has a great heart and he's always bringing the right people around. And, and basically what we're doing is we're dealing with the type of kids that you used to be and the type of kid that I used to be coming and being born and raised in the Bronx, New York, and you in Chicago and, uh, you know, around that, you know, that, that negative environment with gangs and drugs and all of that. And now here we are, 
you know, uh, in our older years, giving back to the community, helping these same type of kids that we were and telling them, like they told you, you got talent, you got gifts, you got abilities, man. Go and chase your dreams. Go and become, you know, as successful as you can in life and leave all of that other garbage and nonsense behind you. Um, you know, I'm just, first of all, I just want to applaud you and commend you for joining the team and congratulate you for joining the team and being a part of the team, man. And uh, why, 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 would, why did you decide, you know, with all the success you have and being a Harlem Globetrotter and traveling and TV and all of these different things, what made you want to become a part of, of, of MLMPI? Honestly, Daniel, I met him, I met him five years ago on a podcast. We just had a podcast, uh, one of our mutual friends, as he, he asked me, did you, do you want to do a podcast with an ex, uh, uh, WWE, uh, wrestler? So I'm like, I'm like, all right, who is it? He's like, Daniel Pewter. So I'm like, that name sounds familiar. So I went on Google and I saw it. I said, oh, I do remember him. I know exactly who he is. I said, yeah, let me put, put me on a podcast. And we got on the podcast and we both, me and Daniel clicked instantly. So we on a podcast and he sent me a message on Twitter, like during the podcast, sent me a message on Twitter. Like, here's my information. Lock me in. So I'm like, all right, we send it. We doing a podcast, but talking to each other on Twitter. Still talking, talking on the podcast, but talking to each other on Twitter, back and forth. Like he, he was a good dude, and, and he told me the same thing. Told you, like, I see what you do, and I, I, I want you a part of the team. Uh, but you with the schools and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, I hear you. Yeah, at that time, I, I don't really trust. I don't really trust too many people. I, I'm a big on. I'm big on action. So if you talk, I'm gonna hear you, but I'm not really listening. So it took a minute to, to for Daniel to get to me. But what got to me was his consistency. Mm. Daniel always checked on me. He always he just hit me with questions out the blue, just random. Call me like, so, what do you want to do with your life? I'm just, I'm here, I'm here playing with my kids and my mind frame ain't even on that right now. <laughs> he called me like, yeah, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> I'm like, he hit me with the hard-headed questions. Like, I want you on my team. I'm like, all right, okay. Then, then COVID happened. Like I say, it's a, it, it, COVID's been a gift and a curse. Curse because the uh, recipes, all the people that, that 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 lost their lives and all the people that affected by it, but it also was a was a gift because it brought families closer. It brought people closer to to people that they didn't know they could be closer to because they were so busy traveling here and traveling, especially with me traveling so so much. The COVID brought me closer to my family, even though I'm already close, but it brought it, it brought them open parts because I'm gone for six six months out of the year, so I'm yeah. barely home. So since that happened, COVID happened, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a, a try because previously I came out. I I flew. I flew out here on on me. I used my points to come out here to see exactly what he was talking about. And last year I flew out here and I did a motivational speaking to some of the kids in the campus. So I went, I flew out here, did some motivational speaking, see the the uh, the atmosphere and how things are. Hey, I like the I, I like the vibe and everything out here. But when I went back home, I'm like. All right, <laughs> went back home. Went to, I was just focused on basketball at that time. I, I wasn't focused on anything else, just basketball. And so this COVID happened. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go out there. And he off. He showed me. He offered me the contract. He he got like I said that action. He sent me the contract. This is what I want to do. I want to put the name on the Homestead campus and all that stuff. So in my head, I'm like, okay, all right, let's do it. So I've been out here for for three months, just working 
with the with the kids and just talking to the kids, seeing uh jumping a little peek of the kids' uh, lifestyle when just seeing the atmosphere and and seeing that the kids these kids go through the same stuff that I went through and same stuff that you went through as as, as a kid and me being able to provide that experience to them being young and showing that you still can make it out of the you know, make it out of that environment just because you're in that environment don't mean you have to become that environment. That's right. And I've talked to plenty of them in the, in the campus and it just feels it feels great having the kids message me on 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 Instagram and telling me I appreciate what you do, you know what I mean, what you did. Now I I I feel like I can do it because I see you know what I mean, you told me what you went through and you got out so I know I can get out. So it it's, it's been amazing just to be able to give back out here. That's awesome, man. And again, another congratulations, man. You about to get your name put on a school as well. So that's, I mean, you know, I'm always talking about legacy, man. And, 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 and to me, in my opinion, that's what you've, that's what, that's what you're doing, you know, just being able to work with a, with a, with a, with a organization such as the Harlem Globetrotters. Now you're working with kids and you're about to get your name on a school uh, for life. You know what I mean? So when you're gone, that name's still going to be there and it's still going to be impacting students and kids and the stories are going to be told. And uh, your kids, right? Your kids yeah. your kids will be like, yo, that's my dad's school. Like, this is my dad. He did this and he did that. And now you're leaving, you're leaving that. Not only are you leaving a legacy, but you're leaving an example for your kids to follow. And you can really show them what greatness looks like and that greatness is available and, and, it, and it's achievable. Definitely. And so it's an amazing feeling just to have have a I I, I I if you asked me when I was when I was younger would I have a, a school with my name on it I tell you no I don't see I don't see that so it's like just it's just the stuff that I've been through and making it happen and just uh, persevering through all the stuff I've been through and, and and being able to look back now and see everything I've done and now having the it's gonna be Saul White school of knowing your worth because I'm big on that. I I I, I appreciate when I talk to the kids, knowing your worth. If, if kids and adults knew their worth, the world would be it'll it'll be that much easier if you knew what to tolerate and what not to tolerate, know how much your skills cost. You could put a price when you know your gifts, how much they're worth. You can make your own price. But when you get, when we talk about that comfort zone, but when you used to that comfort zone, and you don't want to move nowhere, you want to stay, you just want to be stagnant. <laughs> you just want to be stagnant and stay normal. Like, come on, jump out that comfort zone and just take a risk because you never know what you're going to land on if you take a risk. If you fall on your face, okay. You fell on your face. What, what, what else can you do? Get up, dust yourself off. Keep moving. Somebody tell you no. Okay, that's not the end of the world. That's the worst thing somebody can tell you is no. And just because they said no, they said no at that time. Come back prepared. Somebody's not going to invest in you if you don't want to invest in yourself. That's if right. you're not investing in yourself, why did that person, that job that you want or that career that you want going to invest in you and you ain't putting the time in to work on yourself? So that's you right. have to know your worth. And I love, that's why I want to name that school, knowing your worth so you can teach these kids everything they, they should know about themselves. I love that. I love that. So white school of knowing your worth. And I, and I think you hit it right on the head, man, because I think that most people go through life, not most people, but the people who go through life not knowing their worth, right? Those are the ones that struggle more because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to expect. They don't know that, who they are. 
or what they're capable of. And but once you know your worth, right? Like you said, you you can put your own price on it. People will pay you what you what you're worth, right? And that that makes such a huge difference because now your mindset is catching up to what is your what can be your reality. And I think once your mindset reaches up to, especially kids that grow up in the inner city, like in Miami, where where where, where your school is going to be, and and in Fort Lauderdale, like those inner city type of locations, areas, you know, those students you know, really need that. And then really all, all across the country, I think if that they would incorporate that more into school, like helping kids know their worth, like identify what their gifts and talents are, what their abilities are, and really hone, help them hone in on that. The world would be a completely different, you know, place to, that we live in now. Definitely. Definitely will be. <laughs> it definitely will be. But hey, hey, I don't understand why they, why why they don't want to teach that but well i understand but that's a whole nother, whole nother lane. <laughs> yeah <laughs> now, let me ask you this though so now you know you you harlem globe trotters american ninja warrior you got the school uh the name getting put on the school pretty soon what's 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 the next big thing that you're going to be uh tackling Ooh, next big thing is now now it's time to work like i say leaving that legacy now it's time work on my on on my little one my little one is that's that, that's coming up just i really want to hone in and focus on what they really want to do with their life and me being able especially my 11 year olds and two 11 year olds just focus on what they really want to do and offer that help not telling because a lot of parents we tell our kids what we want them to do what they need to do no just suggest you lay down what you want you write on a piece of paper what you want to do in life and it's my job as a parent to help you get there. I can't, I can't get you there, but it's my job as a parent to give you the tools that you need to get to that point. This is what you want to do. All right, it's my job to help you. Whether you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or everything, my job is to get you all those, those networks, help you get there, not, not, not take you and put you there, but teach you how you can get the resources, where you can go to get this, how to get to point A, point B. So that's my, that's my next, next, next big goal. Of course, me still working with uh, my life, my power, helping the next generation. But I'm really, I'm really ready to get my, my kids on that level that they need to be, especially two 11-year-olds, a five-year-old and a one-year-old. So them, I, I laid out that blueprint. Now it's time to put it, now it's time to put it in work. Yeah, because that time goes by super fast, right? Yes, definitely <laughs> go by super fast. <laughs> I turned 35, even though that's not old, but it's, it, I'm, I'm getting, I turned 35 December 9th, so it's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> now it's time to, what, what else you want to do? What else you want to do in life? It's, it's a lot of things, honestly, it's a lot of things that I, I, I want to do. I'm doing my second, my second one. I always want to work with kids and give back and, work with kids that have the same background as me, guess what, I'm doing that now. I always want to want to play basketball. Wanna, wanna, now it's like a TV. I honestly want to try to get on like movies and all that, uh, all that kind of stuff. I got so much stuff written down that I want to do, and it's like I just got to put my, my all into it. Like I tell the kids, it's, you got to put your all into it. You can do and be whoever you want to be. It's just are you willing to work for it? That's the That's big right. question. That's right. I'm always saying the same thing too. I'm like, you'll only reach the level of success that you're willing to work for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just reality, man. Listen, where can, um, I know you got some merch that's out, some Globe Charter merch, the jerseys and all of that. If people want to get yeah. some of your merch, 
and rep the globe trotters and uh and and just get more information about you where can people go well if you want my if you if you want to be a fan and you want to you want to want to join team flip 19 all you gotta do is go to harlemglobetrotters.com and you'll see all the information right now we we're we're postponed because of covid but it, uh, it eventually once it died down we'll be back on the road entertaining our fans but you can go to harlemglobetrotters.com go to the shop and look for look for flip white and you'll find my jersey but if you want to connect with me on social media all my social media is the same i am saul white jr for instagram for twitter facebook is saul white jr my name so if you want to connect you want to talk you any any kids you see me or adults you want advice or anything like that need me to speak or anything just find me on social media i am saul white jr awesome man thank you so much brother now one final question that i always like to ask all my guests if there's that person that's listening right now that's out there that's listening to our conversation and hearing you know your story of coming from you know uh, 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 you know Chicago and then you know putting in the work identifying your gifts and and doing everything that you needed to do to become you know the successful man that you are today and making such an impact and, and inspiring all these people adults and children alike what would you tell them that that person that's listening that may be feeling a little down and out, especially because of COVID, maybe they lost their job or their finances or whatever the case may be. And they feel like their dreams aren't attainable any longer or their dreams are dying out. What would you tell that person to, uh, to keep on winning? Keep on winning. I'll tell them, I'll leave them with the word great. I told you when we, when we met in person, you leave them with the, with the word great, take off the G. And the R, you get E-A-T. You get E. In order to be great, you have to be hungry for success. You got to be starving for success. You got to be willing to do what you have to do in order to be great. That means it's going to be plenty painful nights, plenty sleepless nights, plenty nights that you cry. Because I've been in that position where I didn't think I will make it the next day. But if you believe, like I say, knowing your worth, if you believe in yourself and knowing what you're capable of achieving and doing, it's all up to you. Of course, you're going to fall on your face, but guess what? You get up. If you can't walk yet, you crawl. Once you begin to crawl and you're able, got the strength to walk, get up and walk. Walk a little bit more. You're gonna, then you're going to realize you got that strength to run. So once you're done walking, you're going to run and you're going to get to every you want to be and do in life most people not most people some people will quit right there and all they had to do was open the door and their goals is right there things got so hard for them like now things are so hard for them. i know it's bleak and we all in this pandemic and we all hurting but guess what we're still breathing we're still here we're still walking we're still talking if we're still breathing we still can do what we want to do that's right until we're under the uh, in that casket six feet deep you have the energy god wakes you up every single morning and gives you that strength to breathe as long as you got air in your lungs you have the opportunity to make today or tomorrow the best day you ever will have in your life so i tell people be great bring out that jump out that comfort zone get uncomfortable get up off that couch Success will not find you. You have to get off that couch and get to moving. I, I trust me when I tell you this. I'm a living testimony. You can make your dreams happen. You just got to be willing to go through all the struggles that's going to come 
what make them goals. And you got to be willing to break down every obstacle, every door. You're going to have to work. I guarantee you it's going to work. You just have to believe in yourself. And most important, you have to know your worth and everything else will be okay. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Saul, man, thank you so much for hanging out with me and my audience. And uh, keep on inspiring and impacting the world everywhere you go, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. And until next week, make sure that you don't stop until you win. Take care and God bless. God bless. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. Once again, I am your host, Jose Flores, and make sure you visit me at joseinspires.com, where you'll see links to all my social media, where I'm bringing content like this every single day on how you can win and keep on winning. We have new episodes dropping every week, so make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share with other winners so that everyone can keep up with what's going on. Once again, I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of I won't stop until I win.